Welcome to Ascent, a podcast from Impact Youth Ministry in Tacoma, Washington. Each week, we discuss issues relevant to students as they strive to follow Jesus here and now, offering a biblical perspective based on our experience leading teens each week. Let's get started. You want an intro? You know, Laura is going to include that whole thing. I hope you include this, Laura. Uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome to Ascent. Tis I, co-host Kayla, and with me, co-host Michaela. I can't even take you seriously. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to speak with a British accent the whole time. Co-host Pastor Potts. You said it, Chris. Now you have to. No, I can't. You said. I can't. I'd be better off trying to talk like a pirate, probably, but... (laughs) Pirate we Pastor Potts. All of my accents and Pastor tragically, Pirate I should never be. Oh yeah, she should, should not never be allowed, allowed to do, do accents. Accent. Like I just ever. am immediately offensive. Like, yeah. It doesn't so matter bad. what yes. accent I try to do. Oh my gosh, when we were walking around the like the streets of Ireland, I was just not always good. like, Shh, quiet, Stop. be Stop quiet. People trying. are gonna be so upset with you. Just, just like tone it down, bring it out. No. Oh, fine. No accents on my part. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another lightning round. Today, we have Kayla Mingo, Michaela Guzman, and the one, the only me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Chris, by the way. Uh, Today, though, I have to say I'm much more nervous for this lightning round probably than any other thing that we've done. This would be my first L, I think, in a lightning round. Ooh, kind of. <laughs> However, um, your first it what is L for loser? Loss. Oh, it I was would going be for my loser. first loss. <laughs> okay. I don't believe I've lost a lightning round yet. Ah, debatable. Oh, go back and listen time. to your podcast. Okay. We should put out a poll, a vote. <laughs> oh, jeez. On the website. We should not. <laughs> okay. Because. You just lose those for being the guy. <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> They'll true. just be like, oh, yeah, the youth pastor. Yeah, vote for somebody else. <laughs> Anybody else. So mm-hmm. mean. <clears throat> they vote for, they'd write in <laughs> Q&A. They'd be like, why don't we have another choice in the Q&A section? Wow. It's going to be Malachi. Our tech, <laughs> Malachi our tech wins. wizard over here. Yeah, wins Malachi the wins every lightning round. Yep. All right, Chris, why right. are you nervous? So, Tell us about because, it. I am nervous because this is a topic that can be so helpful, yet so controversial. It is a topic that has divided churches and has um, really led to a lot of misunderstanding, I think. Other than that, it's a great topic, and I think it's something that's very important for us to talk about and is especially relevant to every Christian, to every person who is filled with the Holy Spirit. So with that, we are going to talk today about spiritual gifts. Boom! Lightning round! Well, I'll start. 
bump. Okay, hey, good idea, let's Kayla. Do it. Okay, it's almost I'll like get, we planned it. Wow, almost. Like <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> read our minds. Okay, I actually have uh, the first two because these kind of they're very similar. They're they are yeah they're very similar. So hopefully I can clarify a little bit about them. I actually had to like do some research on it. This doesn't not this does not count towards my lightning round. I'm not ready to go I think yet. The clock is no, ticking. No. Oh, uh, oh yeah, it's going. No. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just wanted to say I had to go do my research on this because I was actually not Chris. Okay, now I'm nervous. All right. So, first one I have is the gift of wisdom. And the gift of wisdom refers to an intimate understanding of God's word and his commands which results in a God-fearing way of life. And the goal for the person with the gift of wisdom, right, is to lead others towards the same kind of lifestyle. So you can find this in 1 Corinthians 12, 8. Um, it's listed in there. And the gift is used to not only impart knowledge, but rather provoke a response in other people as well to realize their, um, in a comparison, kind of God's holiness versus our unholiness and thus lead us to want to live a life of holiness when looking at that. Um, so it's, it's a deeper, it, it helps us have a deeper understanding, um, of ourselves and, um, our own lack of holiness. A person with the gift of wisdom typically has a life that is very, um, God fearing. Like they, they have a deep understanding of God's, uh, of, of the fear of God and what that looks like. In a practical way. The second one I have is the gift of knowledge, which wisdom, knowledge, aren't they the same? Actually, no. Uh, the gift of knowledge is also found in 1 Corinthians 12 at 8. And it's an understanding of wor basically worldly things in our life founded in the gospel um, and scriptural principles. So usually a person... Um, it's usually a person that's well versed in scripture and um has a lot of it memorized they're good with scripture they know a lot about it uh and they retain truth and effectively effectively communicate it with other people um in ways that others can understand and relate as well um so they can relate scripture to all aspects of life uh, and see how it connects to every single situation and instance in, li in life as well. So the gospel should always be the primary base for any decision that we make. And a person with the gift of knowledge has a very, very deep understanding of that. Well done. Very good. Yeah. Oh, that wow. was two in one, though. Like, I feel like and you the clock it. was ticking, man. I'm sweating. So what makes a spiritual gift a spiritual gift anyway? Like, are we talking about like oh, dude. <laughs> gifts that we exercise spiritually or are we talking about gifts from the Holy Spirit? What exactly are we referring to when we say spiritual gifts, do you think? So we are referring to the gifts that are given to believers by the Spirit when they there are, are superpowers. They mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. When I was little, I used to refer to them as our superpowers. I mean, you're not wrong. They are right? supernatural powers. They are the things that are, they're not, they don't come from us right. in, mm -hmm. in our just human self, but they do come from the Lord's working in our redeemed self. Mm -hmm. And they are the things that he has given us specifically. They're by his enablement. Um, and I think 
it's really cool, actually. I don't know if you guys have had this experience where you've known someone before they've accepted Christ and then seen them after they've accepted Christ. And oftentimes the spiritual gift that is given to them is kind of just a natural inclination or talent mm-hmm. that the spirit then manifested completely for his glory and mm-hmm. imposed in them this ability to do work for his kingdom mm-hmm. in a way that totally fits in alignment with like with their character and that type of thing like they're that's why i like think he often, made them for yeah it. Like, wow. it, like it was part of his design which is why oftentimes when people will tell you when you ask them like what's your what is my spiritual gift people often tell you things like look at where you are naturally inclined mm-hmm. and see how the lord has been using you in those ways mm-hmm. or where you feel that he is most empowering you in those capacities but just for definition's sake, when we're talking about the spiritual gifts, we're talking about the spirit-given abilities given to all believers um, according to his grace, which means that we don't all have the same mm-hmm. spiritual gifts or the same measures of the same gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about the list we're referring to today as we're going through this lightning round is found in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, um, and Ephesians 4 primarily. There are other mm-hmm. places in the word that mm-hmm. they're listed, but those are kind of three of the main hubs i guess yeah. list wise yeah. and i just kind of want to if you didn't uh get to listen a previous podcast episode where we talked about christianese there's a moment where we talk about the body of christ and mm-hmm. chris does a great job of mm-hmm. explaining the body of christ and like michaela said spiritual gifts they're they're so they're different for everybody not everybody necessarily has to have the same ones some of us do have the same ones mm-hmm. but um the whole point is for us to you know function as a body and use these gifts to expand the kingdom. So some of us are arms, some of us are legs, some of us are noses. They're all needed. <laughs> some of us are wagging tongues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see here. Spiritual gift number three. This is a gift. I believe that every born again, which that should have been in our other podcast. Born again. The spiritual gift that we all have. Faith. Probably the most single most important gift to you is faith, which only comes through the Spirit by God's grace to allow you to believe in Him and in the work that He has done to redeem you by paying the price for your sin and drawing you to Himself. Boom. Okay, the fourth spiritual gift that we're going to chat about tonight is the gift of healing. And this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. And the gift of healing is the spirit-given ability to act in faith through prayer and oftentimes by the laying on of hands for the healing of physical, mental, and spiritual sickness. And this is a gift that I think has a lot of controversy tied to it because we see a lot of people claim this gift and it net in nothing happening or net in abuse of manipulation or that type of a thing. And so I Mm -hmm. want to just kind of put a disclaimer out there first and foremost, that if you've had a negative exposure maybe to this gift being used improperly or, you know, just um, maybe again, used as a tool of manipulation, falsified, falsified, all that type of thing, we would love to invite you into a a different kind of conversation one-on-one. So Mm -hmm. reach out to any one of us. Um, but biblically speaking, we do see it in the New Testament given to the body. And I know that Kayla and I have talked in the past where we've both been a part of different experiences where um, it can only be described as the gift of healing having taken mm-hmm. place. Um, and those instances, as lined up with scripture, 
always are for the advancement of the gospel or to demonstrate the power of God to people who need that confirmation in that moment. I think that's one of the reasons why we actually don't see the gift of healing as frequently in Mm -hmm. the modern day church is because we have the fully completed revealed word of God. And so we're not as dependent on signs and miracles for that confirmation and affirmation in the power of our savior. Um, But someone who does have the gift of healing, they have high levels of compassion towards people who are sick. They have very active prayer lives and they have, like Chris was saying, they have incredible faith and trust that God can and will heal some. Um, And they're not really deterred when that timeline isn't as they would hope. So Mm -hmm. their faith and their praying and their determination to pursue that is is not wavered. Um, Their ultimate concern though is for the spiritual well-being of those that they're praying for and that of their relationship with Jesus. And so um, I think this is a gift again, that if you have questions about it, come chat with us because we would love to go deeper than what we have time for today. Mm, Very good. Number five, miracles, the gift of miracles. I think where we would typically see this is in the book of Acts. I'm thinking of several passages, but in particular, um, Acts 4 and Acts 5, where the disciples now are filled with the Spirit and they are preaching the gospel, but God is providing miracles and signs as authenticity or proof or proof of their authenticity, actually, and in healings that they do and casting out demons are probably the two biggest sign miracles that they perform. Next up, number six on our list of spiritual gifts is that of the gift of prophecy, which is the ability to communicate God's truth and heart in a way that calls people to a right relationship with God. So I want to start by saying that this is different from the Old Testament prophetic words, um, the the thus saith the Lord type of prophets. Um, We're talking about what is pulled from the Greek word propheteia, which when you translate that, it means the ability to receive a message that's divinely inspired and then deliver it. So it, what you can think about it is it's not fortune telling as much as it is forth telling. So you're, you're bringing forth the word of the Lord and truth um, to people. And this gift of prophecy manifests itself in preaching and teaching and exhortation and, and speaking forth words and speaking forth truth. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And so this gift clearly has a place of great importance in the life of the church and in in the body of Christ. Um, And Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says that in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And so again, we see again, like Chris mentioned, that faith is such an important gift um, because kind of from it, all of the other gifts are linked or maybe just given their, given their potency. Um, And so with prophecy in the modern day church and in the world, again, it's not the fortune telling or revealing of the future as much as it is a forth telling of God's truth. All right, with number seven, I have evangelism, and you can find this in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And even though it's a commandment for all of um, Christians to go out and and share the good news, share the gospel, um, some are gifted with the ability to just clearly and effectively communicate the gospel. 
So these people are very drawn to those who are lost. Um, they don't fear rejection like we, I feel like normally <laughs> we, we have that sense of like, hey, they're going to say no to me. They're going to think I'm a weirdo. They're going to reject me. Whatever it is, they don't really have that air quotes, normal sense of fear of rejection. Um, and they really go out of their way to share the gospel. Uh, so they enjoy building relationships with non-believers and just look for ways to openly share the good news of Jesus Christ. Boom. Lining round. Nice. <laughs> Redeemed myself. For sure. All right. I have number eight, which is the gift of discernment. Um, and this gift, again, is listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. And the gift of discernment is to spiritually identify falsehood, to distinguish between right and wrong motives and the spiritual forces at work in situations. And so um, it can kind of be compared to being highly perceptive to things in the spiritual realm. Um, and just, again, that in that sense of morality of discerning right from wrong and um, good motive from selfish motive. So discernment aids the body by recognizing true intentions of those are related to the body of Christ. So it's a gift that serves the church itself um, because it is intended to bring light to situations that maybe are kind of clouded in in um, deception or secrecy or just, again, where, where things just aren't as they should be as exposed. And so those with the gift of discernment, um, they test the message and actions of others for the protection and well-being of the body. And I think discernment is kind of one of these like underrated spiritual gifts that like we don't really oh, yeah. like pray for very often <laughs> until we desperately need it. Mm -hmm. But like how cool, like I would, shoot, I don't know if we are, if we develop into spiritual gifts or not. We can talk about that later. But discernment is one that I want to grow in um, for sure, an area of growth because I mean, it's, it's kind of like the, I don't know, like your the church's immune system, mm -hmm. you know? And mm. so that's just, I think this gift of sermon is really cool, but boom, lightning round. Nice. All right. Number nine, tongues. So in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, really, all three chapters, Paul mentions several times about speaking in tongues. And it really is... Um, praying in an unintelligible language. Uh, it's different than the episode on Pentecost when the disciples were talking in foreign languages that other people knew and understood, but were languages that they didn't know. It is different than that because it is um, something that would appear to the casual bystander as some sort of babbling or nonsense. Paul compares it to a clanging cymbal or a, or a gong, and uh, just that you wouldn't really know what it was. And that is why it is so important that you have gift number 10, which would be interpretation of tongues, because Paul's very clear that really tongues should not be a gift that's exercised in public without an interpreter present. So that would be somebody who could understand and share whatever message or whatever mm, type of prayer. Actually, I guess you could say it would be somebody, a way to get people to agree with you in prayer would be to have that interpreter who could say, okay, here's what they're praying. And everybody could be like, oh, oh, amen. Yeah, that's it. I agree 100%. 
I think this these two gifts in particular are similar to that of healing. If you have had exposure or encounters with these gifts that are just confusing, we would just we would love to talk more with you about that because all of these gifts, as we stated earlier, are meant for the building up of the body. And where there's confusion, oftentimes growth just stops. And so, you know, if you if you just if you have questions, we'd love to talk with you about that. All right, with number 11, I have exhortation. Um, So this is a gift used to strengthen and encourage and push the body of Christ to be more Christ-like. So we see it in action in Titus 1, 9 and um, 2 Timothy 4, 2. I'll also say this, exhorting one another, that's a commandment for all of us, but some are just gifted with the ability to really motivate and push others to continue strong in their walk with the Lord. The idea behind the gift of exhortation is that these are people that come alongside you, come next to you and help you. Um, They walk alongside you as you journey through um, your walk with Christ. Uh, It's an awesome gift to motivate us when we might be wavering in our faith. Boom. (laughs) Lightning round. Number 12, the gift of hospitality. First Peter 4, 9 through 10 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. And the gift of hospitality is the spiritual strength and inclination to create welcoming environments for others in places such as your home or your church or your community, um, basically to create a sense of belonging and to welcome people in. So people who have the gift of hospitality use what they have been given to again create that sense of um, belonging and identity so they they're really good at seeing people who are on the outside and bringing them inside and people with this gift integrate new members into the body so they they are awesome people to have um, as your greeters and as your welcome desk people they kind of gravitate to those roles because it allows them to meet new faces and expose themselves and kind of be the the first the first smile, the first handshake, um, and they really welcome people into their lives. When I think of the phrase, um, this is another one that actually could be on our Christianese list, but do life alongside each other. Mm. People with the gift of hospitality invite people into their lives and do, to do life alongside them. And they definitely have a what's mine is yours mentality, kind of that acts to like they'll sell everything they have for you because they want to love you and they want you to feel like you have a place in their life specifically. So they're kind of the... They're like the warm fuzzies of the church. <laughs> they're Everybody's the warm fuzzies. They're the, yeah, they're the they're the one that everyone like when you when you have to when you need a good cry or you just need a good meal or you know mm. seek out your gift of hospitality, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've got you. They're my that's my favorite gift. It's a good one. It's because your wife has the gift of hospitality. <laughs> that could be that could have that could be an influence <laughs> for sure. But that actually goes right into our next gift, which would be service. Very clearly, hospitality would fall in that category as well. Um, But uh, it really is, I think, that it actually, I think it goes hand in hand also with that idea of how faith is a gift that everybody receives. Well, and also how, Kayla, what? What gift was it you said was a command also? Uh, Evangelism, Evangelism, exhortation. And it's the same thing with service, right? There's a lot of them that are. So it might not, you might not feel like it's your particular gifting, but it's something that you are called to do anyway, is serving. But that is how 
the body is built up by serving each other, by exhorting each other, by evangelism. All of these things are some of the more obvious ways that that um, spiritual gifts are intended um, for the building up of the body. And so go serve somebody. All right. And number 14, I've got another one. It's, again, a commandment. We're all commanded to do this, but some are just gifted with the gift of giving. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the gift of giving is described a bit more fully in Romans 12, 8. And um, those that, that are described with the gift of giving, it, it, it describes the giving um, as a giving without hypocrisy, but rather with sincerity and generosity. Uh, so the goal is to use the gift to provide for those in need while giving all glory to God, So who is the ultimate and true provider of everything. So those with this gift tend to be hospitable. Um, it, it, it's very similar to the gift of hospitality in, in certain regards. Um, and they always look for an opportunity to give to those in need, whether that's with time, money, um, but basically it's just seeing a need and meeting it with the provisions that they've been given. Usually they will actually live a life um, to be able to provide. So a lot of the time they'll budget or, you know, things like that's where they can actually give of what they have for those in need. Mm. They're like the ultimate selfless ones. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, number 15 is the gift of mercy, um, which is found again in Romans chapter 12, verse 8. And it's the divine ability to cheerfully feel empathy and to care for those who are hurting. Um, and it hurting in any way, really, whether physically or emotionally, or they have, these people have an intense sensitivity to those around them. Um, they're also really inclined to be drawn to people that other people feel uncomfortable to be around. So people with the gift of mercy don't shy away from the marginalized or um, the underprivileged or the awkward. Like they they see people for who they are and they are drawn to them in order to be the love of Christ for those people and to those people. And they aid the body of Christ by empathizing with people who are hurting within the body. So it's not just an outward gift. Like it's not just used for evangelism, but it's also used within the church um, to keep the body healthy and unified and also by keeping other people aware of certain needs that exist. Um, I would say that I do not have the gift of mercy. And so I need those people in my community and to surround me to keep me aware of places that um, I could be doing more and of people who are hurting. So shout out to the people who have mercy. Amen. All right. The next gift I think could also uh, have another few other gifts underneath it, gifts like teaching, uh, prophecy, exhortation, and those would be, uh, the, this gift is shepherding. Uh, so if we look at Ephesians 4, where it's mentioned, it really does carry an idea of, well, a shepherd who takes care <laughs> of sheep. Fancy that. Right? <laughs> Nobody's going to argue with that one. <laughs> But um, but just being able to lead and care for people and help them grow and mature and develop their faith. I think the interesting thing about shepherding is that it's not always for people in like 
vocational leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's cool to see people who aren't in that pastoral job mm-hmm. title, I guess, um, exercise the gift of, gift of shepherding um, because the the habits are very similar, right? They have the same kind of dependency on the word and bringing the word to the people and developing it and kind of enabling it. But I don't know, just cool to see. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay, the last one. I'm going to wrap us here on number 17. Wow, 17. That's a hefty lightning round, y'all. Number 17 is the gift of apostleship. And this is found in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and Ephesians 4, 11. And the gift of apostleship is the God-given ability to pioneer new churches and ministries through planting, overseeing, and training. And I want to make a distinction that the gift of apostleship is different than the office of an apostle, as we see in the early church, um, even though the role looks kind of similar. So the criteria for being an apostle, um, just some Bible trivia for you, is that like you had eyewitness experience of the ministry of Jesus and like you just you had these certain experiences that could only be um, experienced by those who actually lived out their life at the same time with Jesus on with his time on earth. So the role of apostles does not exist for the modern day church. However, the gift of apostleship, again, that that ability to um, go out and plant new ministries and establish new churches and train new pastors um, is still very active and very needed. And you see this role partnered with a lot of other gifts like evangelism and exhortation um, because they're very developmental, I guess, and they they have to do with expanding the church more than more than discipling the church. Um, you kind of can separate the gifts into into different segments like that. And so, if I was gonna put it in a group, it would go again right alongside with like evangelism and teaching and shepherding because it tends to be more leadership oriented. Um, but again, it doesn't have to be something that is confined to only people who get paid to be a part of the church mm-hmm. or paid to be in the church as you know ministers and um, the gift of apostleship can be lived out just by being a part of that work and um i think it's a really cool gift too so kind of another underrated one it flies under the radar i think because we get scared of the word apostleship and oh, like yeah. we just don't know what it means and so I don't know. Hopefully there's a little clarity brought there. But mm. again, 17 <laughs> in one lightning round. Yeah. Not too shabby. And I think that the one, probably the most important thing that was said tonight and that it certainly bears repeating is just that the most important reason why spiritual gifts are even here is that um, they're given by God, mm-hmm. right? The Lord God Almighty is empowering us and um, giving us everything we need for service. And uh, the purpose is really twofold. One, to build up the body and the church. And then number two, to authenticate the apostles and early missionaries as they endeavored to build up the church. And then also it's important to remember that um, some gifts such as faith, evangelism, serving are gifts that should characterize the life of Mm -hmm. every Christian. And some of the other gifts maybe that would be a little bit more flashy, I guess you could say, um, that authenticated the apostles um, were for, um, I guess I would say, for example, miracles and tongues became much more rare once uh, God, God's full revelation, meaning the Bible, was complete. 
Yeah, and just to kind of, as an encouragement too, Mick said at one point, she was like, I don't know if we develop these later on, like <laughs> as Christians, mm-hmm. but a lot of these are commandments and we are asked to, you know, exercise them. And the more you exercise a muscle, the bigger it gets. Look at Malachi. He's cute <laughs> sitting over here. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but um, no, I just to kind of like encourage, maybe if you feel like you don't have the gift of evangelism hey let's practice or Mm -hmm. you don't have the gift of mercy hey let's practice let's do it (laughs) so just an encouragement you know like these just because you don't have the gift doesn't mean that you can't exercise it so just an encouragement i think that's also part of growth i think knowing the demographic of our listeners it's you know going to be a lot of teenagers Mm -hmm. and so when you are that age, you have no idea what is in store for your life. Yeah. I never, ever would have imagined in my wildest dreams when I was your age that I would be where I am doing what I'm doing now. And even though I feel like God, I could see God's gifting at different points of time in my life, he really didn't choose to use it until, you know, like two years ago for this reason Mm -hmm. and with that we out thank you for tuning into ascent for more information on impact youth ministry visit www.impactyouthministry.org we'll see you next week